We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thank you so much again for taking time to join us today. My name's Dan Connick, and my partner today is Matt Fralick. We're down our third member uh, for this week again, but, um, you know, Matt, this is, uh, this, is, this is what training camp's for, right? To figure out different matchups and, you know, when guys go down to pick up the slack and, you know, fill the holes, and so that's what we're dealing with today. Yeah, you definitely you got to uh, you got a new offense, new defense type of thing. You got to really figure out you know you want three receivers out there, maybe two, go with an extra fullback. You know, I've been a, I'm a strong component of the fullback, uh, and I've been running with that narrative for a few years now. And like it, it's great for the Packers to have like fullbacks that cycle in and out, so I can just have a new one to beat the drum with. And like <laughs> Danny Vitale is just an absolute unit. I was watching Family Night on Friday with my girlfriend. And she's, like, you know, checking her phone most of the time, which is understandable. Like, I don't expect anyone to sit on the couch and actually want to watch Family Night. But she looks up and sees Danny Vitale, like, just an absolute man of muscle <laughs> and that mustache. And she's just appalled, which I think it even, like, he maybe went up, like, a notch or two in my book just seeing that stash and her being super not appreciative of it. He, you know, he definitely fits the Green Bay Packer mold. That's oh, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, like, he's he's more of a like a physical specimen too than John Kuhn ever was or Aaron Ripkowski. I mean, this guy's got muscle on muscle. Right. Those guys, they, those guys were more uh, like lumberjack, brawny, you know, kind yeah. of, kind of guys. Uh, 
Danny's he's more of uh, like CrossFit kind oh, of guy. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He's not your he's not your dad's fullback. And like, exactly. <laughs> and I'm seeing all these tweets from all the guys. You know, obviously Andy Herman and every beat writer out there that's following the practices and just talking about how they're lining them up and like on the outside and throwing passes to them, which just like it doesn't even seem real. Like that that seems fake to me that they do that with the fullback. But I love it. I love it. Yeah, and and you know, like we said, uh, out of our three, we got to work better because I mean, we can let, we can be honest. Uh, Janelle is our Devonte Adams in this whole situation, oh, yeah. right? And so when when she's gone, you've got to figure out a way to make up for that loss. Absolutely. And so, um, so uh, today, Matt, we're um, you know in the middle of getting ready for the first preseason game of the season. The Houston Texans are in town. They've been in town now for a handful of days already. Uh, Packers are holding um, their uh, joint practices with the Houston Texans. Uh, as we looked up before, the first time since 2005. So it's been 14 years now since the Packers have had a, a joint practice with with the team, um, which I think kind of surprised because, uh, like, I was we were trying to figure this out, and I thought they had. I thought I remember them having one. Uh, you know, much, much more recently than that. Um, and especially with the, the, you know, the joint practice thing kind of being the, the new big thing uh, in the NFL over the last decade or so, it, it's kind of surprising the Packers haven't made this work uh, before now or before like 2005. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking back too, and it's like McCarthy, I believe, first year 2006. So they never even mm-hmm. had one under his regime, which kind of just shows you the way he goes about his business and just how it differs from LaFleur. Like, there's many, many polar opposites that have been coming out over the last few weeks, even back in the minicamp. Like, just the fact that LaFleur's playing music at practice, the way he's just kind of more on these guys' butts. Obviously, you heard about last week, just really getting mm-hmm. on the guys. And, it, I mean, having a joint practice. Like, it's it seems something so simple. Like you said, it's a trend across the league. And, I thought it was maybe just like logistic wise. Like it's, I used to see a lot of more East Coast teams. I thought that would do it because it was just easier proximity. But it's just, it's just another f- breath of fresh air that you're getting from Matt Lafleur compared to the Mike McCarthy tenure. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, so with the Houston Texans in town, we want to kind of uh, break down what we're looking for between these uh, these two teams as they're in practice because obviously. Um, you know they're going to be playing the game on Thursday, so you're going to get to see basically kind of everything that we're talking about on Thursday as well. But uh, you know, at practice, I think I think at practice you kind of get more opportunity for everybody to kind of match up because you know we can talk about you know starters for each team going up against different groups, but you know there's a chance you know Thursday. You know, you you never know who you're going to be going up against when you go into the game because you know guys are only in there for so long. So practice, I feel like, kind of is more of a uh, an an open environment that people are going to get more. You know, you're going to get kind of more of those uh, uh, mismatched matchups. You know, maybe uh, lower tier guys going up against starters for each team. So we kind of want to break down uh, places that we're interested in looking at. Before Dan, we get to that, Dan, is go it, ahead. Is it safe to say like you're going to get more of a high-profile matchup maybe in the practices on Monday and Tuesday than you would in like the game on the actual you know the actual preseason? Because you're not really going to see JJ Watt or Deshaun Watson out there. You would think you on the you know the game. Like I'm assuming you would see them more getting more reps going up against people during the practices. Do you think that's true? Yeah, 
I, I think, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I mean, I, you, well, you, you kind of hit it right there. there. There's a chance that, you know, well, I mean, think about, and I know it's not kind of the same thing, but think about Mason Crosby dealing with that injury. You know, there's a chance that he, uh, you know, could could have been held out or, you know, depending on what happens in the week, you know, wouldn't see as much playing time on, on a, in a preseason game like that, especially with a, another young kicker in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, now, now we kind of get to see, uh, those top tier matchups a little bit more. And, um, and it's just, I mean, even outside of that, it's just a different vibe at practice, you know, it, it's, sure. it's a little, it's a little bit more loose. And I think, um, I, I think I think it's they they these guys probably treat it almost as as uh, as serious as a game. You'd have to imagine, right? I mean, yeah, with definitely it. because everyone's going to give it one hundred and ten percent. If you're not giving that, you're going to get you're going to get embarrassed. Whether it's you know uh, covering a receiver or coming off you know uh, blocking someone off the edge, they have some good pass rushers in the Texans. Like you don't really want to get embarrassed and just be like ah you know everyone's just like ah it's just a practice. Like that's. People don't really go about it that way. So, well, yeah, and, right. yeah, you you mentioned embarrassed. If you get embarrassed in the game, yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get chewed out by your coach on the sideline. But that's uh, you know, however many yards away from the other team at practice. If you get embarrassed and you get chewed out by your coach, everybody from both teams is gonna be there for it, and it's uh, doubly embarrassing. I feel like for sure. Um, something I wanted to ask you, Matt. Yeah. Uh, you live in. Green Bay, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You how long have you lived in Green Bay? Uh since two thousand and eight. I came to college at UW Green Bay in end of August two thousand eight, so it'll be eleven years at the end of the month. Okay. Um and I've uh I mean I've been a Packer fan uh since forever, but I've started coming I started coming to Green Bay in two thousand nine was my first year. And so uh as we do that, we come to Green Bay every year, you're there. Uh, and we bring people into Green Bay for the first time that have maybe never been there before, just like the Packers are doing with uh, a lot of these guys for the Texans. So my question, if you're bringing somebody into Green Bay for the first time, like let's say the Houston team is coming out to dinner and you've got to figure out a place to take them, what's the number one place that you are telling somebody they have to go to to get the local Green Bay experience? Man, that's – ooh, I like this a lot. So – I really try – like, I've lived here, like I said, 11 years. Like, haven't been 21 for that long. But I really try to diversify myself, like, where I'm eating. Like, even, even like, regular Saturday night. Like, when, mm-hmm. I want to try something different. So, something that's just, like, really pure. Like, if you want to go get a drink and have some good atmosphere and, like, a decent meal, like, go and get – Go get a drink down at Hagmeister Park, like downtown, real good atmosphere. You don't have to necessarily eat there, but it's just good. Like out on the patio, there's not a lot of great places to drink out on the river. So, or have a, you know, a soda pop. So I would say there, uh, you could head over right over across the bridge, go to Titletown Brewing Company. Uh, you'll see Donald Driver on top of a massive football. So it's pretty tough to miss that. And then now, like even down by the stadium, they've really improved them, the spots, Dan, like stadium view mm-hmm. and Enduzies, like they used to be kind of just just crap like there was carpet on the ground that was just sticky from booze over the years like people spilling it and now they've actually improved those spots so those are really cool settings um alice hamburgers is good downtown that's like a little local gem there's i mean there's a 
bunch of places. Like I, I don't want to say there's like an abundance of them because there's certain ones that I just really don't like going to. I don't think the food's great, but I would say those. Um, Ned Ned Kelly's is decent for beer. Like we're talking more downtown, but yeah, it's. I mean, there's there's some supper clubs around too. You got to find those, but talk to some locals. That's the best way. But I would think as far as atmosphere and stuff goes, you want to stick by the stadium and probably somewhere downtown by the water. I like the I, – I, yeah, the stadium – with us, you know, we, we spend almost all of our time in that whole, you know, stadium orbit. Uh, been to downtown a couple of times but haven't experienced it as much. Um, and so for me, I always tell people the first time that we bring them up there, uh, we have to go to Kroll's across okay. the street from the stadium because I think they've got some of the best chili – and, uh, you know, obviously Wisconsin loves their butter burgers. And I think uh, Kroll's does an excellent uh, butter burger. And I, I got the chance I got the chance once um, at my at one of my radio jobs to interview uh, then Packers safety Micah Hyde. And I asked him the very same question. And he told me Buffalo Wild Wings. No, um, I, I, that's I he know. I was in Buffalo Wild he Wings. He did. He uh. did. I because I because I was I was I I teed up this whole question. I'm like, this is gonna be nice. fantastic. Good question too. I'm like, I'm like you know, you're gonna get it from the player. Like this, like this guy, they know all of the spots, and he's like, yeah, I usually just go to B Dubs. And I was well, so was he, heartbroken. Like, was he young? Like, was he his first year or two in the league? Like, maybe because that's like right across the street no, from the stadium. Like, no, was, no, no. This was uh, this was in? going into this was going into his last year with the Packers. Oh, jeez. I get. I mean. Yeah, never meet your heroes, kids. It'll yeah, always disappoint you. That is disappointing. <laughs> I was really, I was really hoping for a gem there, like maybe just even like play bistro or like chive somewhere. Where I see like a lot of Packers right. that I get to go to, but dang, yeah. How much of a bummer well, is that's that? Why, well, that's why I went to Buffalo. You could get just and the you mecca, get the, the best wings, the in mecca Buffalo. of the Buffalo wings <laughs> in Buffalo. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's let's jump into this training or the uh, our, our practices. Um, Matt, uh, what's uh, not? There's not really a tier for this. So just hit no. me with one of the ones you've got for like wh- who who's one of the groups that you're looking at. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple that are really obvious. So maybe we'll just kind of play a little duel here, see who goes yeah. with those after each other. But the first one I'm gonna go with is uh, center Nick Martin versus Kenny Clark. Okay. Uh, obviously, Kenny had a huge year last year. Uh, just really, I mean coming into himself and now with the lack of Mike Daniels there, it's the, the main focus is him being in that down in the trench there. And Nick Martin's one of those veteran centers that has been doing it for a while. And I would just really like to see him go up against a veteran guy that's been doing it almost twice as long as he has. And just, I want to see the dynamic between if Kenny Clark, you know, his physical ability can overmatch Nick, Nick Martin's like, um, just like mechanics and the way he goes about his game, like making all the checks and calls with Deshaun Watson underneath. And I think that's one that's I'm, I'm really kind of want to see who can overpower who I would imagine. Kenny will get him a couple times, but I think there'll be some veteran moves by Martin. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Um, I've got a, I've, I've got a couple on here. Cool. Some of them, some of them are uh, more nebulous, like groups against other, you know, position groups. Sure. Um, but to kind of, uh, copy you here one of the ones that i had where i'm hoping that we can see a a one-on-one matchup of these two guys specifically is uh a rookie and a veteran i want to see what rashawn gary can do against um matt khalil for the texans um i mean obviously the 
it really, you could argue the story out of training camp so far has been what we've seen out of Rashawn Gary um, early on. He, he's he's really impressed a lot of people. Um, the question marks that people had coming into the into his uh, his draft, um, they seem to be being answered at least uh, from a you know very early standpoint. And uh, Khalil, obviously, he. Um, you know, he's got experience against the Packers. You know, he was with the Vikings for, uh, I think, six or five years um, before making his way over to Houston the last year. And so, you know, it, it, he's a guy that knows how to handle the left tackle position. And, um, you know, it, 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 I, I think you could argue that uh, Matt Khalil against all of those edge rushers because the Packers have basically kind of completely overhauled that edge rusher position um, is something to kind of keep your eye on. But uh, none of those other guys were a top uh, 15 pick. So, you know, for me, Rashawn Gary, I'd like to see what he can do against a uh, another veteran uh, offensive lineman from the first, the first opposing offensive line that he'll see in the NFL. Yeah, and Matt Khalil's not, by any means, I don't think in either of our opinions, Dan, like a top 10 offensive lineman, but at no. least would give him, Gary, like a chance to go up again. That's a veteran that, you know, has been doing it for a while, different looks, and it is his first year, I think, on the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Texans. So it's going to be, yeah, that'll be another one. I like, I really like to see those matchups down in the trenches um, right off the bat. Uh, I guess another one just, I mean, I'm going to go out and say it right now, I'm ecstatic to see uh, Boxyari versus J.J. Watt. I'm assuming assuming they'll line up over each other once in a while. Um, I I got to imagine that's the one that all of our listeners are kind of looking forward to. There might be another one out there, but that one just to me, I mean, we could spend some time talking about that. It's just you have the upper echelon at, of a guy at each position. You could say, I mean, they're the number one guy at their spot over the course of you know the last five years. Uh, you yeah. know, maybe moving up or down, but that's the one that I'm really looking forward to just bull rush versus just great technique by Bakhtiari. And it, it's going to be interesting. I'm glad that you, you brought that up. Cause that was actually one of my other ones. Um, it has sort of be. in a sort well, mine's, uh, mine's slightly different okay. um, because I, I'd want to see what JJ Watt and Clowney are able to do, or at least I should say what um, some of these other guys on the offensive line can do against JJ Watt and, and Clowney. Sure. Uh, you know, because there's – you could argue there's four guys on this team, on this offensive line right now, that are fairly close to being um, surefire starters mm-hmm. uh, with Lindsley, Bakhtiari, Balaga. And then I think you can – I think you can make an argument that um, Turner – is is kind of at least penciled in that spot for right now just because you don't kind of go out and get a free agent guy like that that's gonna you're not expecting him to kind of do something right away um but what i'm really looking forward to is some of these other guys like debeer and cole madison and elgin jenkins and you know they probably won't get as many reps against a, a jj watt or a clowny even in practice still but um even more so just you know, with what we've seen out of Rashawn Gary, those highlights in in training camp, you know, it always kind of seems like there's been a few times that it's been Debeer getting beaten, or you know, one of these other young guys kind of getting beaten off of the block. And so, you know, I, I think as good as Gary has been, 
I think there's a case that, uh, you know, some of these other offensive line guys need to have kind of a, you know, a, a special eye trained to them during practice in the next couple of early preseason games because I think they've got something to prove with, um, you know, how, uh, some of the, the uh, highlights we've seen out of training camp. For sure. Another name to throw out there just to piggyback off that is Alex Light. He's been getting a lot mm-hmm. of work on the right side with Belaga being banged up. Um, I think he got a lot of time today and yesterday going up against the guys. So it's, it's, it's nice to see that the Packers have some depth there um, other than like a Jason Spriggs. It's really it's just a kind of a, a luxury at this point to have, and they have some other, you know, guys that have in that Lane Taylor still a couple of guys are drafted. So, yeah, it's I agree. Those I like the matchups. Um, so my one of my other ones here, uh, sticking offensively, um, and this is sort of my more nebulous one is mm-hmm. uh, our wide re- the wide receiver group against um, the Houston secondary specifically. The safety position because the Houston safety group is uh, two guys that you could argue, um, you know, after this year could be one of the premier safety groups in Justin Reed, who had a huge breakout year last year and has a huge ceiling coming into this year. And then uh, Tashawn Gibson, mm-hmm. um, who, if I'm not mistaken, uh, came from. Minnesota, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That's yep. right. Yeah, it was Jacksonville. Yeah, and so I mean, if if those two can you know step up, that that's a high quality safety pairing that these wide receivers are going up against. And I think anytime you're talking about a matchup that includes, uh, and I, I know we harp on this a lot, but this new offensive system that the Packers are trying to implement this year, any matchup that's going to uh, kind of show or expose how good. The offense is kind of gelling, especially the wide receivers. I think has to kind of be noted. Yeah, I think the uh, I, w- I would agree with you. That's, I I feel like the strength of that secondary group for the Texans is their the back mm-hmm. end. Um, you know, a guy like Jonathan Joseph who's who's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, Bradley Roby at uh, nickelback, I think, is great. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best nickelbacks in the league, and Aaron Colvin's good as well. He just I don't think talent wise, he's the the creme de la creme with the Packers will see even in their division but I think with those two guys like you said Reed who had a huge year last year and Gibson's one of the hardest hitting guys in the league um that'll be interesting to see if they can fool guys like that because there's some veterans I mean veterans back there that's pretty much what that whole defense is besides Reed so um yeah you would think there'd be a few times where um LaFleur would dial something up or Rogers able to look a guy off and you know hit Devontae in the seam so that that's a good one to look at it's not like a young defense or a young secondary they're going up against or it's really not young anywhere on the defensive side of the ball for the Texans but mm-hmm. um you would imagine you know Rogers going to get the best of them they might get him once or twice too yeah is there any, any other groups that you have uh you have marked down I mean group wise I guess we could go it's I, this is the, the one I had wrote down as far as just straight up position by position is, or player by player would be DeAndre Hopkins versus Jair Alexander. Um, oh, that's a good one. I mean, they're going to be matched up against each other because mm-hmm. it's Jair's clearly our number one. DeAndre Hopkins is clearly the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. So they're going to be matching them up across the board. And um, anyone else matched up against DeAndre Hopkins on the Packers defensive backfield is probably gonna have a tough time um other than Jair that's gonna be a really fun one to see and then I think just down the board um they have Will Fuller Kiki Cootie who had a good year last year filling in when uh, Will Fuller was out and it's gonna be a challenge you know for guys like Tony Brown and the rest of the secondary to be able to go against these guys that are they're quick they're all very fast 
Um, they're going to run those underneath routes and be able to take the top off the defense when necessary. So uh, that'll be a challenge. I think the one that, you know, keeping within that group too, it would be uh, Tony Brown going up against either Will Fuller or Kiki Cootie. Um, that's going to be the ones I really like to see too, see what these guys can hold up against maybe in a man-on-man coverage. Uh, that, I mean, they really don't have a tight end play, so you don't have to worry about that too much. But that that's that's the one position group I would say besides the, you know, we were talking about offensive line versus defense line. It would be that one, the DBs versus the receivers when it's going the Packers defensive backs versus the uh, the Texans receiving core. Yeah, and if I'm that, I don't really have any others that are, uh, you know, a a, a player specific or or really any players. The only other thing I'm kind of watching for in these next two days is how does Matt Lafleur handle uh, this practice and the situations that kind of come up with it. Sure. Um, you know, you brought up. Uh, I think you brought up Josh Jones, um, the situation earlier, you know, where uh, LaFleur put his foot down mm-hmm. and, you know, said that uh, any fighting or any shenanigans like that is not going to be tolerated here, which is a great sign for a young head coach to have, you know, the ability to do that. Um, and, you know, we see it every year when these uh, joint practices take place, tempers flare up. And th- there's a pretty good chance that you're going to have a situation like this show up. And so if something happens, how does Matt LaFleur uh, handle that situation? And really just in general, hosting another NFL team at your practice facility for two days before you have a game against them, you know, two days later. It, it, it's like it's like when you're in college and you're living alone for the first time and you're inviting your family over to dinner and so you're like trying to pretend like how to be an adult and like you're acting like other adults act. And so can Matt LaFleur, you know, be the adult and serve the Texans like something other than fr- uh, frozen uh, fish sticks or something for dinner? Can he can he provide <laughs> why not, why not he... a box? Right. <laughs> so that, that's the only other thing I'm, I'm interested in seeing is how Matt LaFleur handles uh, this uh, situation. For sure. If like Mike Daniels was still on the team, I would like, I'm trying to think of like someone that would like start if they're, if it got a little chippy, like who would be the guy mm-hmm. to step in or who would even be the one to instigate it? I think Mike Daniels would be the one right off the bat. But after that, after the Packers, I really can't think of anyone that's really going to get, you know, too caught up with that. Um, Bakhtiari doesn't always seem like that type of guy to me. Maybe Corey Lindsley a little bit. Um, but no one that's really going to, you know, it, I would imagine, like you said, it's going to probably happen. Like, let's be right. honest. Like, there's going to be some flare up. Um, whether that carries over from Monday to Tuesday, or you know, as we're recording, you're, or you're hearing this on Tuesday, but or if you're hearing like maybe if, you know between those two practices, if it flares up into the game, I, I don't think there's too much carry over there. But that'll be an interesting one to check out. It's it's also notable for the Texans to look at. Um, I would think just in general for this week, uh, they let go of Dante Foreman um, mm-hmm. over the weekend. Like they're looking for a second running back. They got a bunch of guys on the list after Lamar Miller that no one's really ever heard of. Like. I would be while like we're recording this on Sunday. I would be almost shocked if they didn't bring one in before um, the middle of the week just to get some reps in in their first preseason game against the Pack because you're, they're going to have to have someone back up Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller is right. good, like kind of slept on every year, and he always outperforms. And I think a lot of people were high on Foreman for the last few years, but just really hasn't done it. He was suspended for a couple games last year, so just on the Texans side of the ball, I would I wouldn't be surprised if they have a running back sign by the time this podcast actually comes out 
Yeah, that's that's uh, not a bad thing to keep an eye on. That's a good point, and uh, and it kind of brings up something else. Just as small as we kind of wrap up here, mm-hmm. how much? I mean, in, in training camp here, you know, the the Packers obviously, you know, there's I, I forget how many. I mean, how many tight ends have we seen kind of come in, and you wonder like, you know, obviously uh, half of these guys basically aren't going to be making your team. How much do you think head coaches, uh, you know, kind of scout? other like some of these other guys from teams that they you know maybe you're maybe they're looking at the Packers for their second running back prospect during these practices you know what I mean that's a crazy thought I think that's pretty accurate I mean you like we've seen Aaron Jones out for the last few days Jamal Williams as well and Trey Carson's kind of took over as the number I guess number one he's taking the number ones right now and i mean mm-hmm. the packers have a ton of running backs as we've discussed it was it seemed like a few weeks ago every day every other day they're getting a new running back they're bringing them in you know from the likes of Corey grant to obviously dexter williams who they drafted like you would think that i mean yeah that's not a bad thought i mean i'm sure it, i'm sure it happens all the time i'm sure there's some stat right. out there of guys you know that at the end of the four preseason games, there's always one or two guys that they've played, you know, in the four that they've picked up for different teams. That's, and that's that's definitely a, an area of need, Dan. Um, and the Packers definitely have some depth there, so I wouldn't be shocked if that were to happen. But um, yeah, I think it happens a lot. I mean, there's it's a quick way to get a a real feel. Like you can bring a guy in for a practice in April or May and like a private practice and try him out and sign him and he colors his physical, but there's a difference. Like when the guy's been going through training camp and he's been, you know, getting his butt kicked and all of a sudden you have a few games in the preseason, you actually get a real live look at him taking snaps for, I mean, for some of these guys, it's 45 minutes, you know, three quarters of play where they're just consistently getting reps out there on the defense or the offensive side of the ball. And that's a really, really good test if you can't, you know, get them in or, you, I mean, there's so many guys out there that can make an NFL roster, at least that, that want to. And that's, like you said, that's a really good, really good. I mean, even for the Packers too, like there could be some guys on the the Texans, you know, 90 man roster. right now. I don't really know who they have past, you know, their starters or even like 60 guys, but there's gotta be a few guys that maybe even have their eye on just in case that they'd get cut and, you know, fall through waivers and not get signed to the practice squad that they might be wanting to sign. As far as names, I don't really have any. I doubt you mm-hmm. do. Maybe you do, no. but nope. <laughs> um, it'd be cool if we did. Like that would be. Right, good. Yeah, I mean, that'd be as far as, like, I mean, you could look at defensive line, maybe that they'd want to add some depth. I'm just kind mm-hmm. of going through the roster here. I don't really see any names that like stick out significantly to me, other than like you know their starters. There's no name that I see on there that's like a maybe a last year round pick or something like that, or maybe a, a veteran guy that's floated around, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. I'm I'm pretty excited for a joint practice. Just like it's something it mix it up a bit. Like you said, hasn't happened since 2005. Um, that's a long time, and it's just a new. Uh, hopefully, the trend keeps running with Lafleur. You'd hope to see that. Um, it's it's interesting to me too, Dan. I wonder how like the the Texans and the Packers they link up for something like this. Like who makes that phone call? Where does that link? There's not a lot of connection, obviously, besides like JJ Watt being linked to you know Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how that how that, that goes about. Yeah, I wonder if like uh, like maybe it's kind of like Tinder, where the head coaches Ooh. go on like you know in preseason, and you know like uh, like Mark Murphy's face pops up mm-hmm. and says, you know, fun loving, cheese eating, uh, you know, and it maybe maybe it says owner in parentheses because sure. he knows that he's not like a real owner, and you know. 
enjoys uh, long walks at, at Bay Beach and and you know and Bill O'Brien just chilly. Bill and Bill O'Brien just right swiping Mark right, Murphy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, well, guys, uh, that does it for us. Make sure you stick with us the rest of the week and then obviously the rest of the season. Football is finally back. It's so fantastic to be able to say that because now we're ha- we actually get games. And this is, I mean, it's always fun to be a fan. But I, I know we said this before, but it's so much more fun to get to dissect uh, a season like this. Um, you know, when we're do- when we're doing the podcast like this. So we appreciate you guys listening to us. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter or everywhere. We're at Packaday Podcast. Uh, Matt and myself, we're on. Twitter as well, at DK all the way. And uh, Matt, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore Frey underscore. And that's that's where I do – I think I would say, Dan, that's where we do most of our Packers damage is on Twitter. Oh, that's, yeah. That's my favorite. Like I have, like I started Instagram a few months ago and like had Facebook since I came to Cobb. But like that's I, – I was telling one of my buddies over the weekend like I use – Twitter more than I use like Google, like for search and stuff. Cause it's just the quickest way to find information that's up to date. So hit us, hit Dan and I both up on there. Cause that's where you want to get all your pack a day podcast news. And, and let us hit us up there and let us know where the one place in green Bay you take out of towners. Or if you're trying to give somebody the green Bay experience, where do you take them? Uh, Cause I, the, I think we got a nice mix of it because I am, uh, you know, I am not a resident of Green Bay. You've been there for over 10 years now. And so uh, we got kind of these different, uh, you know, opinions about where is, you know, where's the best place or, or where's what. But, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what people people think about that more so than any of the other training camp stuff. I think that's the important stuff. Um, well, we'll be back uh, two weeks from now. Enjoy uh, the training camp. Enjoy preseason football on Thursday. Um But until we talk to you again, as always, we finish off every podcast with a big Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.